Welcome to New Life. Glad to have you guys here with us. I don't know how you feel after hearing that song, but one of the things that goes through my heart and my mind after hearing it is this. Those three guys represent the future generation of our church, and I'm excited that we have young men that are passionate for Jesus. They're not just musicians, guys. I I know those three men. Uh, They're not just up there so that you can applaud for them, which you didn't even do. Um, I didn't mean that in a bad way. It was just an observation. Like, that's not why they're up there. They're up there because they they love Jesus with all of their heart and they're here to serve him. And I'm excited about that. It brings a lot of joy uh, to this pastor's heart to see the next generation be excited for God. So look, if you're with me and, and my age or older, Here's our, here's our mission, right? Let's, we have to stay passionate for Jesus to the very last breath we have. 
We cannot, we cannot sell out the younger generation. Like, we got to be passionate for him all the way to the end and set a bar for them that they have to try to jump as high as they can to overcome. Like, let's live our lives all out for Jesus so that the next generation has a great model to say, I want to follow. I want to follow those that have gone before me. So let's be that kind of a church, okay? That's what this series is about. This series playlist is all about how can we encourage passionate worship in your heart? How can I help you be more engaged in your relationship with God? How can I take your relationship with God and ramp it up in passion? Uh, How can I help you take the words that come out of your mouth and make them more worshipful, expressing the very heart of God? How can I help you feel like and literally make a better connection with Christ? That's what Playlist is about. We're using modern day uh, poets, if you will. We're using the modern day songwriters who, by the way, are still hearing from God. I just want you to know that. Okay, so there are songs that I grew up with that I still get moved by to this day. That's because God spoke through those songs and God used those songs at instrumental moments in my life and they became like mile markers in my journey. But what I want you to know is this, I refuse to stay at the the last mile marker. And so should you. We shouldn't stay at the last mile marker when God's still speaking something fresh and he's speaking something new today. And so this series is also going to push all of us to embrace the journey ahead of us and to lock arms with what God's saying today and with one voice, let's, let's lift up that, that heart to God. So you might choose, if it was your personal little worship service, you might choose a different set of songs and that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that In this series, we're looking forward, okay? Um, And then looking forward, I believe you're going to be very, very encouraged and inspired because my whole goal then with these songs is to help you see the biblical foundation that's underneath all the songs that we sing, and we're very selective on the songs we sing, the biblical foundation that's underneath them, and how each and every song is pointing you towards Jesus, those are two critical things in us picking worship songs that we're going to introduce into our church. There are thousands of songs out there. Why do we choose the ones we choose? Not because they sound cool. Well, there's been a lot of cool songs that we've talked about, and at the end we had to veto, right? Because they didn't match, they didn't hit the mark, they, didn't, they were not biblically foundational enough for us. They didn't point us to Jesus. That's where we're at today. Uh, That song that you just heard, it deals with a main topic. The main topic in the song is seasons. That there are different seasons in life, but that in every season, God's still wonderful. He's still wonderful. And I, I thought to myself, you know, we of all people, we should understand seasons. Like we, we live with four seasons around us, right? And I'm not talking about the four seasons resort, okay? There's nothing wrong with that either. Um, four seasons, winter, spring, summer, and what on three, would you just yell out your favorite season, ready? And in North Platte, you gotta do it, okay? All right, don't, don't, don't sit there quietly. Everybody's gonna yell this out, okay? On three, your favorite season, ready? One, two, three. Okay, all right. I heard a fifth season, but I don't know where that, not sure where that particularly came from. I heard a lot of fall, Any, who's the fall people? Yeah, okay, where's the, where was the spring people? Let me see you. All right, where's the summer people? Wow, and come on, winter people. Yeah! Wow, more of you than I thought. 
lot. <laughs> friends, I just wanted to talk to my winter friends for a second, okay? Uh, I'm just embracing you right now. This is me hugging you, okay? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a winter guy. I, uh, I, I like, I, I mean, I don't want winter. I don't think any winter person wants winter 365, right, winter people? Okay, we'll take like a couple of days of spring and fall, but we like, we like winter, all right? And so uh, we're not really fond of our clothes sticking to our body, okay, like you summer people. I don't know what it is about you summer people that you like that, all right? You like walking out of the house and instantly like your shirt that's an extra large becomes a small and it just, <laughs> and it's just on you. I don't know what it is about you that you like that. Um, but uh, anyways, so there's pros and cons, right, to every season. Uh, every season has its pro. It has its con. Spring, it's beautiful. Flowers are blooming. Trees are budding, right? But you you can also get a random crazy thunderstorm that will hail out your house. And if you need a new roof, maybe that's a big amen. But (laughs) otherwise, uh, and if you paid your insurance premium, people, right? So there's there's pros and cons, right? I mean, fall, it's a beautiful, beautiful season, but then eventually you got to rake the leaves in your yard, right? So pro and con, and eventually one day you wake up and there's no longer fall, and it is winter, people, all right? So pros and cons in each one of them, and you you can't get to spring without going through winter, right? And in many of our lives, we can't get to the spring of our spiritual season without walking through the spiritual season of winter as well. But I've got good news for you, that aren't you thankful that even though the seasons change where we live and we have all four of them, I mean, it makes life, it makes the year go by quicker and it creates variety. Aren't you thankful that in all four seasons, God decided that he was going to leave oxygen on the earth? <laughs> Wouldn't it be a weird place to live if oxygen kind of like went away when winter came and everyone had to walk around with oxygen bottles on? Wouldn't that just be like a weird place to live? I think sometimes in our spiritual life, we think that if we're in challenging seasons like winter, God's not in them. And if God created oxygen to be in all four seasons, he is in all of the spiritual seasons that we walk through. He's obviously on the mountaintop. There's no doubt about that when we sense a clarity and a closeness with God. But God is also in the desert season when things are dry. Right? And there's a ring, bro. And when things are lifeless, and he's also in the valley, right? When there's financial challenges and there's uh, health challenges and relationship challenges and work challenges. Like God's even in the valley when there's incredible challenges. And have you ever thought about this season, the ascending season and the descending seasons of life? Like the moments when you've been on the mountaintop with God, but it's like the closeness and the clarity of God starts to wean, and then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, you kind of feel like you're in the valley. Or maybe you're somebody that's kind of felt like, I've been on the mountaintop with God, and then altitude just quickly, you know, decreased, and then all of a sudden, here I am, right, and I'm in the valley. So the, the, the seasons, they change in life, but the one constant is this, God's in them all. And I want, and not just that God's in them all. I think you really need to hear this truth, that God is the same on the mountaintop that he is in the valley. He's no different. He's no different at all. He's the same on the mountaintop, guys, as he is in the valley. We are the ones, we tend to fluctuate. We tend to drift closer to God and farther away from God based on two critical things I've noticed in life. Our desperateness for God 
and our passion for God. And we kind of drift close to him at times, and we drift away from him at times. But here's what we never, like, we, rare, it's rare. I should never say never. It's rare that we ever acknowledge the fact that it's us that are the ones drifting close to him and far from him. We always blame God for him being the one who's gotten closer to us, or here's where the big blame comes in, he's drifted away from us. Because we're in the valley season. We're in the dry desert season. I want you to know God doesn't change. He's the same on the mountaintop that he is on the valley. He's constant. He never changes. We're the ones that change. But here's, the, here's another truth that we've, we ought to know today before we jump into this message, that we don't get to pick which season that we're in right now. Now, you, you have a season on earth that you like the most. And that might mean that if you had your own ability to create your own little planet and your own little you know, utopia, that that's what it would look like. But in our spiritual journey, which you can't do that, just like you can't in your spiritual journey, you can't pick which season you're going to be in right now. We walk through different seasons and God knows what's best for us, even in the challenging ones. So what I wanna to do today is I wanna look at a passage of scripture. I wanna look at these challenging seasons and I wanna look at them through the lens of the greatest apostle who ever walked on the planet Earth, the apostle Paul. This guy knows God more than most people have ever known God. He, he, he wrote many books of the Bible. There isn't another theologian, so read whatever, read whatever book you want to read from any author, from any pastor, or any theologian, and I'm going to tell you this, Paul is many steps above them in so many different ways. And so we, we, we look at Paul and we look at what he writes to us today about these different seasons, and it is not just his words, but is the infallible words of God spoken and written through Paul and, and his expression of what God's truth is saying to us even to this day. And here's what he has to say about the different seasons and how he's come to view the different seasons of life. Second Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse eight, here's what we find says this, three different times, Paul says, I begged the Lord to take it away. How many different times? Three. He's talking about a challenging moment of his life. He's talking about this challenging thing. He calls it his thorn in his flesh. Okay, so it's a challenge to him. This is a, this is a season of his life where he is troubled by this Thing. Some theologians think it might be his eyesight. Others think that it might be something internally in his body. I mean, nobody really knows what the thorn in the flesh is. So what we're going to coin it today is this, a challenging season. Three different times, Paul says, I beg the Lord to take away this challenging season. Three different times. But look what happens. Each time. Not the first time. Not the second time. Each time. Each time, God said to me the exact same words. My grace, Paul, is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. Three different times God says this to him. It takes three whole times for him to get to the conclusion of what he's getting ready to tell us. So when, when you're walking through a challenging season of time, and you're walking through this moment where it seems like so daunting to you and you're praying to God and it's like you're praying the same broken prayer over and over again, you're not alone. 
And if you sense that God's given you the same answer over and over and it's hard for you to embrace the answer like, yes, Jeff, that's exactly the season I want you in right now. No, I'm not going to rescue you out of it, but I'm going to be with you in it. And you're thinking to yourself, there's gotta be a better answer than that. Even the apostle Paul, one of the men who was closest to God than any other man who's ever walked on the face of the earth, he wrestled with it in his season of challenge. God, could you really say this to me? First time, God, why is it that you keep saying the same thing? The third time, okay, I'll embrace it. And after he embraces it, here's what he comes to the conclusion of. So now, now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ can work, what? Through me, right? That's why I take pleasure now in my weaknesses and in the insults which the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am able to be strong. If you're begging God to take you out of a challenging season, you're not alone today. And I want you to listen to the challenging seasons that Paul just mentioned to us. He says, the challenging seasons could be my weaknesses. The weaknesses, the things where I just don't measure up. The areas of my life where I just don't feel like I hit the mark. There are seasons of insult, right? When other people are saying things about me and against me that are not true. And it's just gossip and it's just an attack of my character. He goes, that's a season. And it's a difficult, challenging season. He calls it another season, a season of hardships. And man, he saw many hardships. Then he says there's another season of persecution, which the church in America has yet to really truly experience. But I'm telling you today, there is a day coming when the persecution of the church in America is only going to increase, and it will challenge you to the core on what you really believe. Anchor yourself in Christ today. When the, when the season of persecution comes, you'll also be able to praise God like Paul's going to teach us how to do. But then he also says there's seasons of just flat trouble. Things that I just can't define. Like, why do I continue to find myself in this season of trouble? But once Paul embraced that whisper from God, my grace, Paul, is all that you need, and my power works best in weakness, something profound happened. We read right over it. I don't know how many of you caught it or not, but there was a big transformation that took place in Paul's language. Weakness transformed into weaknesses. The weakness that he was coming or the challenging season was this thorn in his flesh and he was coming to God and God kept saying to him, no, I'm not gonna relieve you from that right now, but I'll be with you in it. And when he embraced that God was the same in his weakness that he was on the mountaintop, then something profound began to take place. It was no longer just the one challenging season that he was going through, but now he was saying, okay, God, if you're in that challenging season, then you're going to be in all the challenging seasons. So it moved from weakness to, I now praise God, what? In all of my weaknesses, in all of my challenging seasons, I can start praising God. Why was he able to praise God though? Because of what God told him. He said, look, that's when I can be the strongest is when you are walking through your challenging seasons. So why does Paul go from, you know, this one weakness that he's trusting God with, this one challenging season, to trusting God with all the challenging seasons? Because God's power goes on display during the challenging seasons of life. That's why Paul says, 
I'm going to embrace them all. And I'm going to start praising God for them. I'm just going to, I'm going to accept them just for what they are, and I'm going to walk right into them. I'm going to trust God for who he is and what he's doing in my life. Because changing seasons become an opportunity for God's power to go on display in your life. But the second thing that we see in this passage is that Paul, he changed the way that he saw the challenging seasons as well. It was, it was first, it's my, it's my thorn in my flesh. It's me. It's very personal. It's my pain. It's what I'm wrestling with. And he transforms it to say, no, it's all Christ. I'm not in this alone. I'm going through challenging seasons, and it's all for Christ. It's not about me anymore. It's not about my pain. It's not about my suffering. It's not about my discomfort. It's not about what I want changed. It's all for Christ. And why does he come to that conclusion? He comes to it for the same reason I want to challenge you with, and that's this, that you can trust God, that God won't allow you or he won't lead you into challenging seasons without a reason. And Paul finally came to the conclusion after three times of begging God that, God, you don't lead me into seasons of challenge for no good reason. You have an incredible reason for it, and it's because you want to display your power to me and through me to the world. So do what Paul did. Trust God explicitly, no matter what season you're in, because when you do that, here's what's going to happen. When you do it, then you can start singing the words of the song that we're going to sing, this mountain song. We're going to come back to it. We're going to sing it. First song, right out of the sermon. You'll be able to sing it with greater confidence, with greater passion than ever before. You'll also be able to sing these words. I will trust in you. Lord, I will not be moved. No matter what the season is, even if it's the winter season of your life, I will trust in you, Lord, and I will not be moved. Guys, when we go through challenging seasons, we don't want to be moved. Why? Because let me tell you about something that's happening in you and through you. Your testimony is being put on display to shine brightly to the world. That's part of God's power. His power being displayed through your testimony. People watch you. They watch your actions. They watch your attitude. They watch your words. Especially, you go under the microscope when you're walking through challenging seasons. So why is it that the majority of our life is walking through challenging seasons? Is to take the power of your testimony and make it shine brightly so the world will finally see who Jesus really is. That's why we walk through challenging seasons. And that's why we have to run to him. And that's why we have to embrace God. And we have to say, God, I'm with you. No matter what's going on, I'll trust in you. I will not be moved. But if you have been moved by challenging seasons, please know this, you're human. You're human. What do we do? What do we do when faith fails us in challenging seasons? We repent, we come back to God, and we start praising God that in the season I'm in, God, you're still in control. That's, that's what we do. But there's even a bonus thought in all of this. That, did you realize this, that in your, weak, your weakest moment, in your most challenging season, is when you experience your strongest faith? And it's also when you're going to experience being more close to God than ever before? And if you've walked through a challenging season, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But none of us want the challenging seasons. Paul began to embrace the challenging seasons because he began to recognize a dynamic that was happening between him and the relationship he had with the Father. And that was this, his relationship with God was stronger. 
The display of God's power in his life and through his life was stronger. His closeness with God was more intimate. He embraced every weakness. He embraced every challenging season because it got him closer and closer to God. And if we'll embrace that as well, then this will allow us to walk through challenging seasons like many of you are doing right now and to sing the chorus of the song, Mountain, with incredible confidence. If you'll embrace God and you'll trust him and you'll say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let my one weakness transform into all weaknesses, all seasons of challenges. I'm going to trust you. Then when we get to the chorus, you too will be able to say with great confidence, high on the mountain, God. High on the mountain, I'm going to be lifting my voice to you. Okay, that's the easy part, right? But in the valley, I'm going to choose to dance for joy. That doesn't mean physical dancing, by the way. That means that my heart, it still leaps with amazing joy that I trust you even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death or the valley of trouble or the valley of hardship or the valley of insult or the valley of financial struggle. It doesn't matter what valley that you're walking through. I'm dancing on the inside with joy because I still trust you, God, that in every season, every one of them, and they're all going to come my way, you, God, you're worthy, and in every moment, you're wonderful. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to sing that with, with integrity, right? I want to be able to say that with like meaning in my heart. I want to be able to say like Paul would say it. He would be the loudest singer in the room. He would have his hands raised to heaven so high he would like, shoulders would become disjointed. I, I don't know. Maybe he would just be passionately worship, worshiping God. And as he raises his arms, and his sleeves fall back to his shoulders, you would see all the stripes from all the times that he's been whipped and beaten. And you would see the swollenness on his face from where he just got you know, kicked out of a town preaching the good news of Jesus. He would have nothing to give in the offering. The offering bucket would pass, and it's not because he gave online, by the way. And I know that's awkward, right? You gave online, and now the offering bucket comes by, and you're like, I gave online. Like, don't feel guilt about that. Who cares? <laughs> right? Just give to the Lord. Right? It's to the Lord. If you feel guilt when the bucket passes you and you gave on, this is bonus material. And you, you, feel, you feel guilt when the bucket passes by you because you gave online? It's because there's only one reason for that. I'm worried what other people will think about me. We don't give because of what other people think about us. We give we give out of obedience to the Lord. All right. The bucket would pass Paul. He wouldn't have anything to give, and it's not because he gave online. And he would still lift up his voice and say, high on the mountain, Lord. I'll be lifting my voice. And in the valley that I walk through right now, my heart leaps with joy for you because I know, God, that in every season you're worthy and I know that in every season and every moment you're still wonderful. That's who I want to be. So I challenge you to be as well. So to help drive that deeper inside of you, I want to help you sing those words with more integrity than you've ever sung those words. And so I want to take you to one more truth that Paul drives home for us in Romans chapter 15. When he says these words to us, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. 
then you, then you will overflow with confidence, uh, with a confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the truth. Who is, who is God? God is the source of hope. That's who he is. A source. Think of it this way. You're going to go home today and you're going to walk in to the kitchen or the living room and you're going to flip a light switch and the lights are going to come on. Can I, let me just ask you one big profound question. What's the source of the electricity that powers the light bulb? That's rhetorical. Don't answer that. It's not the light switch. It's not the junction box in your house. And it's not the fuse. There's a source well before all of that that's being generated that allows you to flip the switch and the light comes on. I want you to know today, the source behind hope is God. He is the only source. And here's the beauty of the source called God. It's, he doesn't end. Like it's endless. His, his hope just keeps flowing out of him. He is the originator of it. He is the, he's the, the starter of it. Hope starts with him and it impacts you. And then it flows out and it touches others. So how can we sing these words that in every season you're still wonderful and in every season, God, you're still worthy? How can we do that? Because God can become your source of hope no matter what season you're walking through. And how does that really play out? Like, what's the practical of hope? He says this, well, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna feel like a lot of joy and you're gonna feel a lot of peace no matter what season you're walking through. God can do that. How can God do that though? God can do that for those who trust in him. When you trust in him, I will trust in you and I will not be moved. High on the mountain, I'll be lifting my voice. When we trust that God, you don't allow us or lead us into seasons of challenge without a reason, then we're able to find peace and joy. Then we can discover that joy that just overwhelms our soul. And look, here's what happens. What happens when God becomes your source of hope and in every season? What happens when peace and joy start filling your heart and your soul? What happens? What does your new life start to look like? It says it right here in this passage. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, here's, the, here's the powerful, powerful news, guys. Grab a hold of this. Not just that you will have peace and joy, hope, in you, you actually will overflow. I'm looking at a room full of leaders. You influence somebody. And when you go through a challenging season, normally it's not just by yourself. What is it that God's saying that he's going to do? He's gonna fill you with so much hope that you're gonna overflow and you're gonna start impacting others. And those that are closest to you have the ability to sense that same hope, no matter what the challenge is, so that we can all keep our eyes on Jesus and not lose our faith and still love God through the source of the pain. Oh, and bonus, so that the world will know how amazing and incredible God is. When this kind of truth sinks into your heart, verse one and verse two of this song are going to radically come alive with, a, with an attitude of thankfulness. And you'll start singing words like this found in verse one. I feel your hand, God, bringing what? Peace and what? Sounds a lot like peace and joy to me. I'll feel your hand bringing peace and control. Jesus, your love is my anchor that when the storm of this challenging season rages all around me, I will not be moved because you're my anchor. You are my only hope. 
But then verse 2 says this radical statement that you'll be able to embrace and just go, God, thank you for who you are. That my God is with me, and there's what? Guys, isn't that what happens when we walk through challenging seasons of life? Isn't fear and anxiety one of those things that just kind of wells up within us? Yes. And isn't depression something and stress something that wells up within us? God, this, these words to, to this kind of a song are so rooted in God's word. It's not even, it's not funny. I mean, it's, it just comes, it oozes out of the very character and the nature of who God is. So church, if you're walking through a challenging season, I want you to know something. This church is like a hospital. It's like a hospital. And one of the amazing benefits of a large church is this. Somebody's already walked your path. And they're here to minister to you, and they're here to help you, and they're here to, like, bless you. I moved here 20 years ago in one of the most challenging seasons I've ever walked through in my personal life to this date. And God worked an incredible miracle in me through this church. And here's some of the reasons. Because the the pastoral staff is a loving staff. Because the life group leaders are the leadership of this church is a loving leadership team. And because the congregation, and I cannot say enough about our congregation, it's a loving, loving, gracious congregation. That's who you are. And I want to thank you for that. From 20 years ago, I would not be standing here as your pastor if you weren't that kind of a church because I walked in the door wounded, uh, beat up, feeling abused. I, I felt like, you know, emotionally beat up, spiritually beat up. It was almost to the point where I was feeling it physically in my, in my physical body. And, and God worked a miracle in my life here. So what I want to say to you today is this. If you'll take off your mask, if you'll take off your mask and you'll go, look, I'm walking through a challenging season, and you'll get close to God and close to others at this church, your perspective on the challenging season that you're walking through right now, it will radically change just like mine did. But can I leave you with one last verse of hope? That when I go through challenging seasons, I'm encouraged by this last verse that I want to share with you because Jesus is the one who said it. He said these words in John 16, 22. He says, so to his disciples, here's what's going to happen. You have sorrow now, guys. You're going through challenging seasons right now, but I will see you again and then you will rejoice and no one can rob you from that. Here's the truth that Jesus is trying to drive home. No matter what challenging season that you're living in right now, it's going to turn to joy. And nobody can rob you from that. But what do you have to do? You've got to grab a hold of God, hang tight to him. You've got to let, the, you've got to let your mind be transformed that God's the same in the valley that he is on the mountaintop. And if I'm going through a challenging season, it's not because God's you know, against me, but God is with me. And I will embrace him, and I won't just thank him for the one challenging season and complain about all the rest, but I'll embrace all the challenging seasons, and I'll let God get close to me. Because when you do that, then the bridge of this song is going to erupt inside of your heart, and you too will start singing that I won't be silent about you, God. My heart is on fire for you. Jesus, you're my victory, right? This song, this sound, is a sound of triumph. And this song that's inside us that we're singing right now is Jesus our victory. Jesus is the victory to no matter to no, to, to, to no matter what storm you're going through. The disciples found Jesus stand up and he spoke to the storm that was in front of them, the calamity that was in front of them, the season of challenge in front of them, and he calmed the storm. And I'm telling you right now, when Jesus is in the boat, you can make it through any storm. 
They get through any storm. So why don't you stand with me and let's get ready to sing this song, Mountain, together, and let's proclaim who God is. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you right now. Lord, we proclaim that, uh, Lord, you are good in every season. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether we walk through the valley of the shadow of death or we stand on the mountaintop with you. You're the same in every situation and in every place. Lord, you, you don't change. You are constant. We waver, God. We drift close to you and far from you. I pray for this congregation that they would, they would drift close to you today, grab a hold of this truth, and lock arms with you because, Lord, we're going to start saying with our lives, it doesn't matter what season we're walking through, we're going to trust you. We just are. And church, I want to encourage you as I pray, even right now, just begin to tell God that. God, it doesn't matter what season I walk through, I'm going to trust you. And just right now, just start telling God the season you're walking through. Just tell him right now the challenge that you're facing, the health challenge, the financial challenge, the work challenge, uh, the relationship challenge, whatever it is that you're walking through, whatever challenging season, dry, spiritually dry, uh, a valley of challenge, whatever it is, right? Just tell God, God, here's the season, and I'm choosing to trust you in it right now. That's what I choose to do. It's in your hands, God. Minister in this place. And may our words erupt with hope. May we sing out of a spirit of hope today that you're in control no matter what we're in. In Jesus' name.